0: Have in you look great in a brand new, new job. Your daddy looks great in a brand new job. You look great in a brand new job. Your daddy looks great in his brand new job. I used to think I was a I worthless was slob, the whatever, I'm also gonna
1: have
0: a and then I got a call I'm about, a, about a new job. New job. You look great in a brand new job. Your daddy looks great in his brand new job. sector five with a new... Now I can afford those things other people only dream about Because I took the move, I took the challenge, I did it. And it was the first time, the only Thank you. And I know you can do it too. I used to be a big slob Oh, God, it looks so good. Yeah, and I do look this good, big, and I do feel good, and I do walk strong, long. and I do look, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. For long. Trips across so Asia. Sure.
1: She was actually engaged to Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore's dad, and didn't marry him because he drank a bottle of tequila a day. And one time oh. she told the whole story. I'm gonna record her one day before she's dead, because uh, I wish I would have recorded. Like we used to hang out in, in Hawaii and stuff, and like she's in her seventies now, and she lives in Kansas. She teaches at a community college in Kansas City somewhere but she's really cool and interesting. My psychic in Honolulu this lady Doris, she's Chinese and she told me when she was 3 years old she like either either she's totally crazy or or she's but if she's totally crazy, I don't know how she could also be so fucking brilliant and know so much. Like she used to be married to some guy they they produced all these Broadway musicals and they had a record label. And then uh, she's says they got divorced, I forget why. But anyway, uh, she told me that when she was, uh, in 1967, the year I was born, uh, that George Lucas, she met at a cocktail party, the guy who did Star Wars, and told her to, you know, keep an eye out for Jason in the future. And then uh, sh- and she told me that in my previous life, I was an astronaut who, who died when my spaceship crashed into Earth. And then also she told me that when she was three years old she was recruited by the cia and she was the uh, because they realized her powers and uh, she was the one that figured out about the concentration camps in um germany when she was like three and then she told me that she uh still does things all these secret things for the cia and government because she knows how to like use I, i forgot this thing it's an old tech psychic technique where they use a like a a stick with two two buckets of water. I forget what it's called, I'll look it up. But they but they could, people who have these uh, psychic powers can use this thing and then they they were using them in Iraq and Afghanistan to find IUDs, improvised unexploded devices or whatever they're called, the things that blow up our our guys and it blows off their legs. That the Taliban sits on the side of the road. All all this stuff. So if she's crazy, how on earth she knows all this history and stuff is, like, that's, it's fascinating to me. Um, But you never know when it comes to stuff you never, you don't know about. Like, my first wife, she was always freaked out by ghosts and stuff. And I would always dismiss it. But... Uh it's a long story man I'll tell you. Uh, this is the stuff we sh- I want to talk about on my on my other podcast. Oh. Scary real stuff. Like the, the most scared I've ever been in my life, true story. Oh. The first time I was most scared was when I was in the army and this guy, we were both really drunk but he was this guy from Tennessee named Moss. He was he was a big fucking country boy and we were we were roommates. And we were fucking wasted, but he was really wasted and he was a terrible alcoholic and he was holding this iron, hot iron, and he's and he was daring me to punch him in the head, punch him or he's going to kiss the iron. And I was like, fucking what the fuck should I do? Because he could like, I mean, he's my friend, but he's really drunk and he's saying if I don't punch him in the face, he's going to kiss the iron, then he's going to fucking whoop my ass. No, I somehow talked my way out of it. Mm. Because I learned a long time ago I'm not good at fighting. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was second grade for me when I broke somebody's nose.
1: Well, it was eighth grade for me when I got my ass whooped at the bus stop by uh, two guys in a row. They're bullies, and I'm still pissed at them in front of everybody. Yeah, I, for, I, I decided to forgive them, but it's kind of hard to because it was so humiliating. And that could be when I got that. I, that could have been when I got my head injury.
2: They're not like that anymore.
1: I know. I'm not mad at them. We were teenagers. It's their fault though. They shouldn't have been bullied. I don't like bullies. To this day, I truly hate bullies. but when i was in the in college when i when i finally got a chance to be a uh, abuse the pledges then i i i i was it's like people who were beaten up on by their parents tend to beat their kids then i, I had been bullied by a, a whole bunch of different things and then i took it out on the first pledge class and mm-hmm. they still hate me for it
2: you were a senior huh
1: yeah then i was and I, I made them do, like, twisted, fucked-up things. Like push-ups cool. in the river. Um, when everybody was on acid and they were all in hell week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what we should do. We should get some
1: good acid. I haven't done acid in a while. I, 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 I th- I, you know, acid I've done I've a few times. But, man, I'm kind of scared of doing acid because... I never really had a bad trip, but, like, I always figure I'm so fucking weird that I wouldn't want to want to have a bad trip and freak out. But maybe, like, a quarter hit or something like that. Or I, I've, I've heard about mescaline. Like, my buddy is a professor in Wisconsin, and he quit drinking a long time ago, but he told me he did mescaline uh, not too long ago. And um, I, I just don't want like... I don't want to I don't want to go overboard with it cuz you can't turn off the acid.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be horrible if you could never turn it off. Well, if we tripped for life?
1: See? <laughs> that's, that's why <laughs> that's why I don't do it, man, cuz <laughs> I'm fucking weird enough. I can start thinking about that and then like like You know like if you don't know what you're getting or something or you take too much or you know something stupid then or you're not in the right frame of mind or whatever then all of a sudden you can start thinking about all if you get on a negative vibe or something you know like i wouldn't mind like me and you doing acid out in the woods some fucking camping that'd be cool that'd be cool we'd know we'd know we're safe and even if one of us freaks out then you know, maybe we even bring somebody else who isn't on acid. Uh, they can just get drunk. to um, You know, just in case of an emergency. Dude, I did acid once when I went to Mizzou and w- with my buddies, and we, we did acid all night. And then they they we were calling it a night, and I decided to take another hit. And then um, I was, for several hours, I was just, or I don't know how long, I, I was just hanging around in the elevator, and I call, made it this game called Playing the Floors, where I was just standing in the elevator and see, because it was the beginning of the school morning, and everybody was going to classes, and like... Uh, just seeing wh- who would go get on on which elevator <laughs> and where they would they go to, and like I would just like try not to laugh, and then um, I didn't know it, people, you know, and stuff. And then later on, I went back to my room, and this this chick I knew from high school, she was she was pretty hot, uh, Tiffany Jacobs. She was li- lived in the same dorms. I was back in my room. I was still totally on acid, and suddenly she she rings my uh, doorbell and comes in, and she was into me. But I was so fucked up on acid that I, like I, like, e- even though she kind of like wanted to do me, uh, I was totally on, fucking freaking out on acid, and I couldn't even think about it. She just popped up out of nowhere, and I didn't want to tell her I was on acid. And then so anyway, I ended up driving out to my buddy's, or then I went to my Doug Carney and those guys' house and did a bunch of bong hits. And I, after I did a bong hit, I was standing up and then suddenly i just passed out and fell down this guy's waterbed and like they everybody it was all high except i was the only one on acid but for like 10 minutes i was just sitting there and they didn't know what to do and then i woke up and i was like i was fine and then i went out drove out to my other friend's house in columbia and he was trip he was at work or something i could just stay at his place cuz i didn't want to go back to the dorms cuz by that time i was starting to freak out cuz i had been on acid too long and taking too much and then I was just I wanted to sleep but I couldn't and I was just like imagining stuff like what if you could just die temporarily as a way to turn off the acid and you know like of course I didn't want to like commit suicide Um, but I was so sick of being on acid that I just wanted to sleep and I was thinking of stuff and like you know people could do if you're on acid you could like kill yourself. Just because you're on acid by accident, because you could come up with some stupid while you're on acid idea that you're just doing it temporarily. The thing about acid, it's like unreality, but it's, but it's reality, but
2: it's, uh, it's. Dude, I was so drunk the other night. I was at my friend's house out in High Ridge, and I actually had to go sit next to her uh, mom in the in the living room where the TV was on, just sit there and I, not say anything. See.
1: Like wax is crazy. Weed alone or Even like fucking wax or crazy weed Is one thing But when you add it with drunk Like it's like an exponential Elevation of both <laughs> That's why I got all my DUIs When I was stoned and drunk And every time I was drunk only I got out of it every fucking time It's a synergistic effect. Every time I got pulled over when I was just high, I never got in trouble. Every time I got pulled over when I was just drunk, I never got in trouble. Every time I got in trouble, it was when I had both. Well, I should have I had
2: 800 DWIs, so I guess I did pretty good.
1: They say you get one DUI per 2,000 times driving drunk on average. If you're a habitual drunken driver and that includes just being one toke over the line legal limit when you're not really drunk but you could still if you if you, if it was someone else's fault and then the, it was their fault but you were drunk and then they, di- they died then you could get charged with vehicular manslaughter because you were legally drunk. One time, man, I was, I was, me and my buddies were fucked up, and we were in Westport Plaza. He went to yeah. SEMO, and he went to Parkway West, so he lives on Country Ridge is the road by your kid's school that goes to my parents' house. If he keeps going, it crosses Baxter, and anyway, he was a yeah. Parkway West guy when he was in high school, but we went, this was when we were in college, and I was driving around, I was coming home, we were, we were partying all night, and we were fucked up, and then dropped him off at like two in the morning and i i wanted to li- it was like uh, somewhere on kshe at two in the morning where they were playing i forgot the name of the radio show but it was the stones and i love the stones and i had some weed so i was driving around my my neighborhood at two in the morning just listening to the stones and smoking some weed before i was going home but i fucking fell asleep smashed through somebody's fucking mailbox and into their a tree and totaled my parent the car i was li- being used by my parents and I and I smashed my head into the windshield and I was bleeding all over the fucking place so I went and rang the the doorbell of the people that lived right there and said can you please I didn't want them to think I'm a fucking murderer or something I said can you please uh, call my parents here's the number because there's been an accident and then they did and my mom came over there and then the pretty soon the cops showed up and then Luckily, I told the cops because my mom was taking me to the hospital. And I said, they they said, where are you going? We said, we're going to St. Luke's or something. I I forget which one. But really, I said, Mom, go to St. Joe's or St. John's. I forget which. I forget exactly which one. But we told the cops we're going to one. But we went to the other on purpose because I knew if the cops showed up at the right hospital, I'd get another DWI. Right. And this lawyer, my buddy from college, he was the best uh, criminal defense lawyer in Cape Girardeau. He used to always get drunk at this bar I worked at. He told me a great trick to do about he was the best, most expensive, like if you're a murderer or something like that, trial lawyer. And uh, his son was my fraternity brother and I was a bartender at the bar that they used to always go to in Jackson. It's the town one, one place over from Cape. But he said, Always carry a bottle of fucking unopened whiskey, like a a, a half pint, in your glove box. So you get pulled over, or say you get in an accident or something happens. This is especially if you get in an accident, and it's your fault. And then before the cops get there, and you're like exchanging information, then you whip out the bottle of of unopened booze, and you be like, you know, I need a drink. And then you open it in front of the other person so they see that it's unopened first and be, and then offer it offer them a drink you hey you want a drink and they're going to be like no and you be like I, I need a drink and then you drink and then there's proof that you drank after the accident happened and you can't get a DWI America
2: Yeah, you can't drive around open
1: yeah. car. This this was so this is only useful if you get in an accident when you're drunk. And there's witnesses.
2: I used to throw all the beer away from the car as far as I could. That was the very first thing I'd do. If I
1: if you get in an accident and there's a witness and you're drunk, if you have an unopened like half pint in your glove box and you let them see that you opened it in front of them and and even offer them a drink because the cop will fucking ask all these questions and then that'll be part of their story because they're going to be mad at you if it's your fault or whatever. But then you offered them a drink and then there's proof that then they can't say that you weren't. They can't prove the, the drinking happened before the accident. Get it?
2: Sounds like a pretty good plan.
1: I I, I heard it from the uh, most expensive criminal lawyer in Cape Girardeau. <laughs>
2: That's pretty cool. Last, I mean D,
1: last DWI I got was in Cape Girardeau. And... Um, I'll tell you that story later.
2: Listen to this stereo. I got a whole entertainment center with the stereo shit and equalizer and everything. Big, huge, like, band speakers. This this, this is on, like, an eighth. This just gets really super loud.
1: I got to go, bro. I'm going to listen to fucking. I, in fact, I got a call with my client right now. It's one thirty. Good thing I noticed. But I'll talk to you. I'll call you 8.30 Saturday night. Your time.
2: All right. Cool. All right, buddy. I'll be surprised.
1: Cool. All right. See you later. Have a good night. Hey, I'll see you. Adios. You too. See you. Bye. Bye.